Good morning. Uh, Pastor Miller isn't with us this week, and his family are out of town, so I'm here filling in. Uh, it's good to see all of you this morning. Welcome to St. James, and it's good to be together as God's family. I have a few announcements I'd like to share with you. Um, these are Some of them are printed in the back of your worship guide also. Uh, first of all, there will be um, Advent service uh, this Wednesday at 7 p.m., if you can join us for that. It's a very uh, special time to gather together in the middle of the week as we prepare our hearts for Christmas and uh, celebrating Christ's first coming and looking forward to his return, his second coming. Um, there will be no Zoom Bible study on Wednesday. Um, also, um, I was asked to announce that coming up on uh, December 12th, we'll have the congregational meeting at 11.30 a.m. Uh, after the uh, second service, after this service. And um, if you want to attend in person, you can do that right here in the sanctuary. And the, and the meeting will also be broadcast online for those unable to attend in, in person. And the two main items um, to be addressed are the budget uh, for 2022 and the elders and deacons for 2022. Um, those were passed out last week in the foyer. If you weren't able to be here to pick those up and would like a copy, just e uh, email or call the church office and we can email a copy to you uh, or you can pick it up uh, from the office. Um, also, the giving envelopes for 2022 are ready too. If you haven't picked up your envelopes and would like to do so, those are available in the back. Um, coming up on the following Sunday, Sunday 19th, uh, there will be a, a special Christmas brunch prepared for us between the services. So uh, that will be um, about, what, 9, 9.15 or so, something like that. So everyone is, is welcome. So if you're going to be in town uh, that weekend, please come early uh, if you normally come uh, just for the service and enjoy the fellowship of that Christmas brunch. Um, and also, I uh, wanted to share with you that for uh, uh, a way to, to help families in need in the local community, um, our church is sponsoring um, some uh, families through the Madison County Elementary Schools Mission. And if you'd like more information about that, you can uh, look at the back of your bulletin. There's an online sign-up. There are 18 families that we're trying to assist during this holiday season uh, through that effort. That's on the back page of your worship guide. All right, let's uh, stand and begin with prayer and then start worshiping. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, this morning we thank you. We thank you that you've watched over us this past week and have kept us safe from harm and danger. We thank you for the loved ones that you have surrounded us with, and especially um, today we thank you for our church family, and we pray that you would strengthen um, the body of believers in this place and continue to allow your love to transform our hearts, uh, to reach out to one another and to the community around us. Um, Father, we pray that you would bless our worship of you today, that you would be present as your word says you are. We're too or more are gathered in your midst. You are there with us. And Lord, you are our guest of honor today. Uh, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. We confess our sins. I confess to God Almighty before the whole company of heaven and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned in thought, word, and deed by my fault, by my own fault, by my own most grievous fault, 
Wherefore, I pray, God Almighty, to have mercy on me, forgive me all my sins, and bring me to everlasting life. Amen. I confess to God Almighty before the whole company of heaven and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned in thought, word, and deed by my fault, by my own fault, by my own most grievous fault. Wherefore, I pray God Almighty to have mercy on me, forgive me all my sins, and bring me to everlasting life. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you pardon forgiveness, and remission of all your sins in Jesus' name. Amen. Please remain standing for our first hymn. Yeah. 
Uh, Our psalm for today is Psalm 66. Uh, We read it responsibly. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for today is from Malachi chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings and righteousness to the Lord. Then the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner. And do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of God, are not consumed. From the days of your father, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Epistle reading is from Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse 2. Paul writes, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my, for you all making my prayer with, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ 
to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. gospel according to St. Luke, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
And the crowds asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what shall we do? And he said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation, and be content with your wages. As the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We hear that last part of the reading for today. So with many exhortations, he preached good news to the people. And on the heels of you know, coming out right after what he had just said, we might think, this is good news. <laughs> He's coming with his threshing, uh, coming with his winnowing fork to clear his threshing floor and burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Where's the good news in this message? Well, hopefully by the hearing of the message today, you'll see where the good news lies. And it is good news. It's good news for you. It's the gospel. It's the message of salvation. We're all preparing for something throughout our lives. When uh, we're young, we uh, prepare to go to school. As we get a little older in high school, we're preparing for exams and papers. Later, you're preparing for an interview or to give presentations. You prepare to come to church this morning. I remember one of the chapels that was given when I was a student at Concordia, St. Paul's Lutheran High School in Concordia, Missouri. as a boarding school and a Lutheran boarding school. And there, one of the professors, before we left on Christmas break, said, brought a suitcase into the, into the chapel and said, are you packed? Are you ready to go? He was asking if we we're prepared. And it was an Advent message. It was ultimately asking a message asking if we were prepared for Christ's coming. Were we packed? Were we ready to go? Were we ready for the day of Christ's return? That's the message of John the Baptist. It's a message of preparation. And in some of the words that he speaks, there may be fear uh, that creeps into our hearts, and rightly so. We are sinful people. But it's a message ultimately of hope, and I hope today you leave with that hope. Luke places this message, the gospel author Luke places this message about John the Baptist within the greater context of his gospel about Christ Jesus. He begins... uh, Luke begins this gospel uh, indicating that he, although he was not present with Christ, uh, was very diligent, very dutiful in 
uh, going back and finding those source materials and putting together this comprehensive uh, presentation of the life of Christ. Luke was a physician, and uh, he was a convert to Christianity, a Greek convert to Christianity, and uh, traveled with Paul on some of the missionaries' journeys. We can read about that in the book of Acts. Um, we read in the Gospel of Luke that uh, he begins with uh, foretelling the birth of this John, John the John that we would come to know as John the Baptist. And it was a miraculous birth. Uh, it wasn't the kind of birth that you would anticipate. A barren older mother, a barren older woman, and her elderly husband who went into the temple and there uh, was uh, encountered the, the, the angel Gabriel and was promised that uh, he would have a child and was given the name. This is to be the name, the name John. And then John, uh, Luke leads into the birth of Christ foretold, um, the angel Gabriel, the same angel foretelling the birth of Jesus to Mary. Uh, Mary visiting the mother of John who was pregnant, Elizabeth, and this, this child, uh, John, leaping in her womb at the presence of Jesus in the womb of uh, Mary, and uh, then leading into the birth of John the Baptist himself, the birth of Christ, the angels uh, coming to the shepherds to present his birth. Jesus presented at the temple, and now John the Baptist coming to prepare the way. John the Baptist is a, is a pivotal character in this uh, account of Christ's life, coming between his birth and early life and that which was to come. Right after John the, the text today, we read of John the Baptist baptizing uh, Christ and Christ beginning his ministry after his temptation in the wilderness. This pivotal uh, proclaimer of preparation. This is John the Baptist. And Luke uh, places this um, uh, coming of John the Baptist in history. We read in our text, Luke chapter 3, verse 1, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, the Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, Tetrarch, Lysanias, Tetrarch. Um, we, we see that these are political leaders in, whom, uh, in which history, uh, in whose time this history was located. This isn't a, a fairy tale. It's not once upon a time. It's this is when these events occurred. And these were the political leaders that were in place. And it just so happens these political leaders were very treacherous. Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod were all known for their brutality, for their viciousness, and the Jewish people were suffering. They were waiting for a deliverer. They were waiting for God to keep his word and his promise, return and set them free from their oppression. The Roman rulers would cut off any sign of rebellion viciously and with torture and death. And... The high priesthood is also mentioned, the priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. Uh, Annas, who was actually high priest, but the father-in-law, who was actually the one who pulled the strings. And these corrupt um, priests would later be featured at the time of Christ's uh, crucifixion as well. The word of God came to this John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. 
And so he went into all the region around the Jordan, the Jordan River, proclaiming the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. A baptism of repentance. The word baptism means simply washing, a washing of repentance. This isn't the same baptism that uh, Jesus would later command his disciples to um, uh, carry out, and the baptism into which we were baptized. And John points that out later in the gospel. That, that is a baptism um, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is involved in that baptism. The Holy Spirit is received through that baptism. This baptism uh, is a baptism of repentance. Here the uh, emphasis is on those who are coming to repent and to be baptized. The baptism of Christ is much more of an emphasis on the work of Christ, which has been carried out and is now being applied and uh, brought into our very lives through this washing. We see that this baptism of repentance was a, a repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And here's the good news, that with repentance comes the, the message of forgiveness, that there's a merciful God who, although we have sinned, although we have rebelled, although we daily uh, break his commands in one way or another, he is one to whom we can turn, to whom we can repent and receive, once again, forgiveness. This John the Baptist was one who had been prophesied in the Old Testament. And uh, elsewhere in the Gospel of John, we see that uh, this John the Baptist recognizes that he's the fulfillment of these words. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. It's road-building language. Maybe you've seen a, a road being built before, an interstate that's cutting across uh, a hilly land. And you'll see how they'll take the valleys and fill them in and build them up, and they'll take the high places and cut them down and level them off so that it's a nice, smooth road. This is what John the Baptist was sent to do. He was sent to build this highway, to build a smooth path, a road for the coming of Christ. And that's what he did. To those who were high, who felt that they were righteous, he brought them low. He helped them to see that they were nothing compared to the righteousness of God and that their righteousness was just filthy rags. He helped those who were low, like the uh, soldiers and the tax collectors that we'll come to later in the text, uh, were those for whom God also cared, even though society had shoved them to the side and looked down on them and rejected them, thought of them as um, those who, were, who were, weren't worthy of the name, uh, the children of Abraham. John came to lift them up. And tell them there's hope for you. <clears throat> and so John's message is for us today too. For those who are high, John's message is get on your knees. You're not as high as you think you are. Repent. And for those who are low, it's a message of lifting us up. 
of helping us to realize that, yes, God cares for us too. As we turn uh, to verse 7 in the text, uh, we read, He said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? In Luke's gospel, we see as in his account of John the Baptist's uh, preaching that this message was specifically directed to the Pharisees and Sadducees who had come out to hear what he had to say. He called them vipers, poisonous snakes, because their teaching of self-righteousness and uh, rejecting parts of the, of the truth of God's word, specifically those that are righteousness is a gift from God uh, alone as being a poisonous uh, message that was poisoning the people of God. And that message, that poisonous message of, of works righteousness, of self-righteousness, was a message that was also being taught in the time of uh, Luther, for, for whom the Lutheran church is named. Um, the message of the church of his day was also that not of salvation by grace alone, but of grace plus works. And if a salvation is grace plus works, how can it be a salvation by grace alone? How can it be merely a gift from God? This is a poisonous message. It's a poisonous message because it introduces into hearts and minds of people who are seeking God and seeking salvation the idea that they need to make themselves right with God by their own actions. And... John rejected that message of the Pharisees. He warned them, those who thought they were righteous of their own account, to repent. And that their lives must show what their uh, words are saying. They say they are righteous and yet their lives are not bearing it out. Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, he calls them to, to this do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. It was taught widely and commonly that uh, the children of, Is of Israel, the children of Abraham, were saved, were in, were in with God, simply because of their, their birthright, because they were descendants of Abraham who had gone before them, who had been the recipient of the promise. John is saying, that's not where your salvation lies. How does this apply to us today? There are many who think, well, I was raised in a, a Christian home. I'm, I'm a Christian. Or, um, you know, I was baptized when I was a child and don't think any more about it. But notice Jesus in his words to the disciples when he taught them to baptize said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the end of the age. Jesus' command to his disciples and his word to us is to be baptized, yes, and to understand that in this baptism we receive the power of God. And also to hear, to learn, and more importantly, to obey we talked about in Bible class this morning, how can these two uh, stand together? The fact that, as we just talked about, Scripture teaches that we are saved by grace through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. We are saved by grace alone. And yet, we're called to live a life 
worthy of our calling. That works matter. We are not saved by these works, but we are called as children of God to live as those who are the children of God, to turn from sinful ways repeatedly, to repent, and to seek to live with God's power as his children are called to live. Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. That's a message we all need to hear, I need to hear today. A constant call to repent, but a repentance not with fear, but with hope. The hope that God does forgive and God does have the power to bring about change in our lives. The people of John the Baptist day were despairing, many of them, because of the oppressive rule of the Romans. And there are many who are in despair today for many reasons. John's message of hope for them, of repentance and hope, is a message for us as well. Notice John doesn't talk at all about the, the oppression of the Romans. He doesn't say the problem's out there and that, that's what needs to uh, be addressed. Instead, as he talks to those who had come to hear him and, and to be baptized, that the problem is in here. And that's true for us as well. We can look at all kinds of problems in the world, but ultimately God's word is calling us to look at the problem right here. And to, with God's help, deal with that problem through repentance and faith. John's words are, are harsh. As the, to those who were gathered, um, particularly, as I mentioned earlier, in, uh, as it mentions in Matthew's gospel to the religious leaders, John states, even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And so the crowds were, were cut to the heart. It's similar to the day of, of Pentecost when the crowds there were cut to the heart at Peter's message, telling them that they had crucified the Messiah. And the crowds asked, what shall we do? And he answered, not be sorry in your heart. But he answered, your life has to change. Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. Whoever has food to do likewise. That our, it's not just our uh, inward um, repentance. It's not just an inward I'm sorry, but it's an outward expression of that repentance. And an outward expression of receiving God's forgiveness and allowing God by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring about a change in our lives. To care for those who are in need. To provide for those who are hungry and who need clothing. And the tax collectors and, and the soldiers were also there wondering, what about us? The tax collectors who were despised, the soldiers who were seen as agents of Rome, what about us? Should we, should we leave our ways? Notice he doesn't call them to stop collecting the taxes. He doesn't call them to leave the military. These are these are institutions that God has allowed to be placed in uh, through governance as well. Instead, he calls them to lead godly lives in their profession. Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Do not extort money. Be content with your wages. God is calling us too today 
in our vocations, whatever your job is, whatever it, it, whether it be student or uh, banker or businessman, whatever your employment may be, God is calling you to be godly in that uh, vocation. Students, don't cheat. Don't look on your neighbor's page. Do the work that your teacher is calling you to be. Businessmen, be honest in your dealings. Pay the taxes that you owe. Care for your workers if you are uh, a business owner. Think about others more highly than yourself. Be content with what God is giving you. Don't be constantly wanting more. As the people were in expectation, we read in verse 15, they started wondering, is this the Messiah? Is this the Christ? Is this the one who is promised? John was faithful in answering, saying, I'm not him. He said, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. Jesus called John the greatest prophet, the greatest prophet that ever lived. And John is saying of Jesus, I'm not worthy to, to touch his sandals. How great is our Savior. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We see the fulfillment of this first in, on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came down in flames of fire on the disciples, on the apostles, and they were able to present God's word to those who were gathered in Jerusalem. And God continues to fulfill this prophetic word. Jesus continues to fulfill this prophetic word as he baptizes today with the Holy Spirit, with the fire of the Holy Spirit. As you come to the water of baptism, you who have been baptized, who have been baptized by Jesus, been baptized in his name, and have received what John the Baptist prophesied, the Holy Spirit. You have God dwelling within you, within your heart. God is present with you always. And although there may be times when you, like the Israelites in those days, felt like they were despairing, there may be events happening in your life that cause you to wonder, is God with me? Is God for me? The answer is yes. When Luther despaired, he would remember his baptism. I've been baptized, he would say. And that can be your <clears throat> profession as well. When you begin to despair, when you begin to worry, when you begin to wonder, is God really with me? Yes, he is. You've been baptized. Not only is God with you, he is within you. Then these harsh words. Verse 17, his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. John's message is a word of warning, and we should heed that word of warning. We should take it very, very seriously. Jesus came in his first coming with mercy and compassion. He healed the sick. He restored those who were, who were blind or mute. Again and again, we see his, his mercy and love. But he did also have words of judgment, particularly directed to the religious leaders, calling them to turn from the way they were doing things, from their own self-righteousness, and to repent. 
He came to save us. He gave his life on the cross and rose again for our salvation. The scripture is very clear that Christ will return. He will come again. And it will be a day of judgment. It will be a day of fire. And it is a day that without his knowing his mercy and his love is a day that we would rightly fear. But we have come to know him as the God who loves us. The son of God who gave his life for us. And to, to know that we are not just chaff that will be burned with fire. But we are, we are his wheat. We are his own. Remember, Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. To you whom God has given the gift of faith and has brought into his family through the gift of the Holy Spirit in your baptism, you are his wheat. And he will bring that wheat into his barn to be with him forever. And we are his wheat, not just to uh, enjoy being his wheat here on earth, but we are his wheat to produce even more wheat. We too are to be those who, like Christ, are willing to lay down our lives and to die in order to produce more wheat, to put aside our own self-righteousness, our own sinful pride, and to offer our own lives, our own selves to others as a sacrifice in order that they too might come to know the God who loves them, the God who came to save them. When we partake of uh, the Lord's Supper, we take unleavened bread made of wheat. It's interesting that God, that Jesus chose uh, bread and wine. Choosing wine whose grapes, individual grapes, need to be crushed in order to produce this wine. Reminding us of his life, which was crushed for us. And of bread, the, the kernels of wheat, the grains of wheat, which are finely ground in order to produce this this loaf in order to produce these wafers which we partake of, which we ingest. We too are called, like Christ, to be those who are crushed and who are ground, ground up for the sake of others, forsaking our pride, forsaking our sin, repenting of it in hope, trusting that God forgives us for Jesus' sake. My dear friends, this is the good news. This is the gospel. Let's share it with others this Advent season. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we um, have come together this morning. Surely there are many things that have been on our minds and our hearts this past week, and even, even earlier this morning, even now. 
we have many concerns, Lord. There are those things that uh, continue to gnaw on our minds and even our consciences that would draw us away from you, Lord. We ask today, Lord, that you would not allow anything to draw us away from you. Thank you for John the Baptist's message, a crystal clear message calling, calling, to repent, calling for repentance, calling us to repent. And we pray that we would, we would do that. Lord, right now we repent. We repent of all that we have done that has offended you and been an offense to others. And we pray this, Lord, not just with our, our mouths and our hearts, but we pray that you would transform our lives, that you would bring about changes in our lives in the way that John the Baptist is calling for change, in the way that you, Jesus, in your own teaching, called for change. Call us out of our own self-centeredness, our own self-righteousness, and lead us to, to focus on others and their need. Help us to love others as you have loved us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this fellowship of faith here at St. James and for our pastor and his family. We pray your blessing over him and all uh, churches of the gospel, Lord, and pastors, proclaimers of the gospel that are speaking your, your truth. And we pray that you would guide us into ever deeper uh, knowledge and understanding of your word and your truth. And we pray for our sister congregations here in the Southern Illinois District. We especially lift up our sister church, St. Paul and Hamill, and their pastor and their school and their congregation. We ask that you would bless them and their efforts to share the gospel in their community. And we ask that you would bless our efforts to share the gospel here. We pray that there would be real change brought about through us uh, in, in our communities in which we live, especially here in Glen Carbon. Lord, in your mercy. And we pray, Father, that you would uh, be with the nations of the world, and that you would allow peace to prevail, uh, Lord, where there are uh, the drumbeats of war. We ask that you would bring, um, bring peace. We pray that uh, you would protect uh, this time of peace that you have given us so that your gospel may continue to be proclaimed freely. And Lord, we also ask that you would be with those who are suffering uh, for their faith, our brothers and sisters who are uh, being persecuted. We ask that you would be with them and comfort them, help them to know that they are not alone, that you are with them, and you will never leave them or forsake them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we thank you for this season of Advent, a time when we are reminded of your first coming and prepare for your return. May we always be mindful that you are coming back and may our lives be directed accordingly. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask all these things and those prayers that are still on our hearts for those who are in need of healing and restoring power, for those who are lonely, for those who need your comfort. We lift them to you, trusting that you hear us, because we come to you in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We confess our faith together in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all things, visible and invisible.
And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We pray in Jesus' name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is my blood of the new covenant, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Do nothing new. 
Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles and to be the glory of your people Israel. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. receive the blessing of the Lord, the same blessing God gave to Aaron to speak over God's people over 3,000 years ago. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Please take time to uh, build the community that God has given us here at St. James. Um, There are wonderful people sitting around you. If you haven't gotten to know them already, give your name and introduce yourself. Go in peace.